You're listening to Not the Sermon with Eric and Jamie. What's up, dude? I, I don't know. I'm still living off of the high of 1,000 downloads. I know. I know. That's it's pretty, exciting. That's pretty incredible. Like, seriously, I would have been happy with like two or 300. Yeah. Like the whole month. Yeah. That's like maybe 40 or 50 downloads per episode. Yeah. We were actually just short of 1,300 downloads in the first 30 days. And by the time this airs, we'll definitely be over 1,500. Yeah. Dude, that, that's so cool. So, yeah. so all of our sermonauts, which let's explain that real quick. Yeah. So. Yeah. So that's what we decided to call the listeners of Not the Sermon is Sermon Nuts. Yes. And so yeah, every, like if you listen to podcasts, everybody has like a name for their listeners. And so that's what you guys are. It's, it's a little play on words like astronauts, but you're sermon nuts. Sermon nuts. Because so. we're not the sermon. Thank you. For, yeah, because we're not the sermon. Thank That's, you for that, Phoenix. Yeah. I, we needed clarification. He just tied it all together yeah. right there. And the spelling is important, too, because it's not A-U-T. It's N-O-T, sermon knots, like right. not the sermon. Not like not so, the sermon. You guys are now officially sermon knots. Congratulations. Congratulations. Uh, so let's uh, shoot a little scuba lawn, Jamie. Shooting the scuba lawn. Singing the silly song. Hope it don't go too long. We're shooting the scuba line. Shooting the scuba line. This is a segment where we just uh, shoot the breeze. Shoot the breeze. Okay, so I woke up the other day thinking about something I thought was funny. We'll see if you think it's funny. Okay. You know, we have like phrases and stuff we use to describe God. Yes. Like, and to describe him in a positive way when like he does something positive. Daddy God. Thank you, Daddy God. <laughs> well, that's the title. But so what I was thinking about is when people say, uh, you know, like a, ser- a service was really good. We'll mm-hmm. say, well, God showed up and showed, showed out. out, brother. Ooh, Ooh showed up and showed out. I thought that's that's cool. It makes sense. But like, if you said that about another person, it's not necessarily. It's good. not a good thing. It's like it's like, uh, hey, how was your cousin's <laughs> wedding last week? It's like, well, Uncle Bob showed up and, and showed, and out. showed out. Yeah, yeah, it's not and a good thing. We just don't know uh, what to do about Uncle Bob. I, I think it's funny how when we describe like powerful services. Where like people will say stuff. We've talked about this before. Yeah. Like the manifest presence of God showed up in his Shekinah glory cloud and slayed us. Right, right. And I'm like, what is this? A like sci-fi graphic novel? <laughs> it's like, I mean, the song was good. Yeah. It was I mean. a good song. And some of us may have gotten chill bumps during it. <laughs> right. Right. Or or when like God's doing a work in your heart, like the Lord just gutted me, brother. The Lord gutted he me. ripped my insides. <laughs> It's Didn't like, you? Right. And when you were a youth pastor, you had that. You and the kids would mess we around. We would do that. Yeah. We would do that. We would talk about like uh, God just came down and ripped the flesh from my heart. Woo! <laughs> that's gonna be an edit. <laughs> the the woo. Um, yeah, that's that's. I just love when people say that because it's like, do we need to be God's hype man? I know. I know. I, I feel like we don't. But you know, I mean, I get excited about a good service. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I will say, man, the Lord was. I don't go home and say. Well, babe, the Lord was very present today. Like, I will say <laughs> stuff like that, but like, do we need to get up there and be like, you know, Jesus showed up and pulled out his double-edged sword and just gutted my just sin and it just spilled me. out onto the floor. Yeah, it's like, wow, that's just a little much, guys. Um, uh, yeah. yeah, so that's that's just something I had in my head, but keep going. <laughs> oh, no, well, I was curious. <laughs> I don't want to know any more about what's in your head. Uh, please, Eric. Yep. Um, I, I, I was curious. So, okay. listener, uh, the pastor's... Here at our church, I uh, went on a pastoral retreat um, um, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I was wanting to know what Eric uh, thought about the time. I mean, we got to hang out, but we also did some 
some team building work. We did some assessments about how each of us lead. How, how was it for yeah, you, man? I think it was really good. And I think if there are like pastors listening to this podcast, you should definitely do a pastoral retreat because I think it's super important uh, to get to spend time with your team outside of the office because we did work. Yeah. We actually spent two days working basically. Yeah. Um, but we, uh, you know, did a couple personality or really working personality. There's a working personality assessment, which yeah. was, was really cool. It just gives Jamie another reason to drop random letters. Like you see that person over there, they're an <laughs> ID, uh, QG, which means they can just do whatever they want. And there's nothing you could do about it. We just have to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it gave Jamie some more letters to add to his repertoire. Okay. Just cause I, I am a personality junkie. He like, is. Uh, like I love the disc profile, uh, Myers-Briggs, A waitress Enneagram. will drop off a glass of water. <laughs> at our table and he's like yeah you see there she is a cq personality squared yeah cq squared personality which means that she probably dyes her hair more than twice a month and uh she's going to need a seven dollar and 57 cent tip yeah. to feel validated yeah with, so a, with a with a with a side wing of h2.49 yeah so that was that was cool we did get we did me and jamie did commit a little mischief on the trip we did we did i hope the owner of the place where we stayed is not, it's not listening. listening yeah i was gonna say it's not listening well it's their <laughs> own fault because they left the golf cart out yep so it involved the golf cart and so it's actually a really cool golf cart so we're like hey let's just go and riding the golf cart and uh <laughs> which is we knew the moment yeah. we got we were not just going to ride yeah in the golf we were, cart we were gonna check we we're gonna see what it was made of <laughs> And so we're riding and we're kind of in a, like, we're in a beach area and we see this little- We're in a nice a, beach a, area. Yeah, nice beach area. I mean, we were definitely the poorest people there by a long shot, by a couple <laughs> fully funded 401ks. Um, and so it's funny to see like, you know, like there's the houses on the, on the beach that were like super nice. And then there's the less rich people yeah, that yeah, had the yeah. houses that were still in the neighborhood, but not on the beach. We're like, oh, those poor people must be making 950 a year. Instead of 1.5, um, and we got to stay in the really nice ones because yeah, it was donated was, to us. Oh, it was incredible. Yeah. It was that was thank you for the people that did that for us. But anyways, yeah. So we're riding in this golf cart and we see this little trail and we're like, hey, we're in a golf cart. It's got beefy tires. Let's go hit this trail, thinking that it wrong? would open up to the beach and you ride the golf cart on the beach. No, it <laughs> opened up into like a marsh swamp. <laughs> <laughs> and then by the time we had committed to it, we had committed to it. Yeah, yeah. And so we're literally flinging this putrid mud. It was nasty. Mainly all over me. I don't know how Jamie missed it the first round. You it's got just, it the second round. It's the round. anointing, yeah. And uh, we're like- It breaks the mud. And then we saw all these like poo crabs that were just <laughs> yes. like, there were thousands of yeah. them everywhere. Did you say poo crabs? Yeah, because the- we They were in like, the mud. It was like a sewage oh, treatment yeah, yeah. plant. It was that marshy area. Yeah, it was like instead of the sand, the crabs were like- Sludge. In, yeah, they were I know like what in you're this nasty about. mud. Yeah, they yeah. were like- like, it's like the little fiddler crabs. Yeah, they're like, there's like millions of them. Yeah, everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they're looking at us like, "What are you doing here?" You know, <laughs> all at the same time, like moving. And then so we we basically have to pop a donut out of the marsh yeah. and then just hope we don't get stuck. So I blame you, even though I was driving. <laughs> I blame you, one who was merely there. <laughs> Because there was a moment, and you know this moment, I stopped. Yeah. There was like mud right in front of us, but we can see it was actually a bay yeah. in front of us. And and I thought, oh, should we go through? And that was your moment where you were supposed to say no. You Not were supposed to stop me. <laughs> but instead, you said, yeah, I think we can Look, make Jay, it. I was in a perfect situation where something bad could have happened, and it wouldn't have been all my fault. <laughs> so I took that opportunity, and it paid off. Because we, we got out. We got, got out. out. We didn't get stuck. So we got fun. mud all over. And then we had to wash off the We washed the it off. So if you are listening, people that own the house, we washed everything. Yeah, you we have never it. known until this podcast. Right. Um, so yeah, that was fun. It was that a good was trip, good. though. That was um, good. So I want to move into, we're still in, I guess, shooting the scuba on. But I have, listeners, I've had something that I've been wanting to talk about 
for like two, maybe three weeks now. Shooting the scuba lot. No, we already did. It was fun. Um, Anyways, so we, uh, you know, in preparation for getting this podcast out there, wanted to reach out to some Christian publications, right? Christian, Christ-following publications to see if we could advertise on their platforms, right? And so we reached out to, you know... uh, uh, relevant, who they were really nice, um, who at CT Christianity yeah. Today, we reached out to a couple of them, and I'm not going to name the one that I have a particular problem with because they were mean to me. <laughs> I have no problem with them. Yeah, you have no problem with them because you weren't the, the, the target of this the woman's victim. vitriol. <laughs> Dude, so we call, again, listeners, we are paying customers, right? This is how the world goes around. You want your stuff out there, you got to pay the man. And so we're trying to find the right man to pay. Can we even afford to do some can, advertising? Yeah, can we even afford this? We're just literally fishing. Right. So we set up meetings with with all of your major publications, and we get to one particular publication. And I was is, looking forward to this one. That is of the spirit-filled persuasion, I will say. <laughs> and uh, it's a Zoom call. Everybody else was just regular conference yeah. calls. Um, and so this is a Zoom call. And... Uh, I'm like, well, this will be fun. It'll be a fun opportunity to be myself and be funny and try to win this person over, even though we're still paying them. I just, you know, so it's a Zoom call. And the way that Jamie had his laptop set up on the table, when I sat up straight, all you could see was my neck, which I have a, probably about six inches more neck length than your average human being, which made it even more funny because it was just my complete neck. But wait, there's more. But wait, there's more. Neck. And so my my idea was like, you know, when they get on the call, kind of pop my head down, you know, like a giraffe and say, oh, hey there, or something like that. So, but this one, she's late to the call, first off, shame on her. Um, secondly, she gets on the Zoom call, and as soon as she sees my neck, she goes, who is this gentleman who's, whose face I can't see? And I just pop my head down. I'm like, oh, hey, I'm Eric. And she goes, I don't have time for this. Yeah, she goes, look, guys, not today. Not, not today. today. I don't have time for this. If every... A person got, that got on these Zoom calls acted like a fool like that. I wouldn't get anything done. And th- th- this is just not funny. So I appreciate if you could just straighten up so we could get some work done here because I just don't have time for Dude, that. She went off. Dude, She. it was the most unprofessional, yeah. disrespectful exchange with someone I've ever had on a Zoom call. And like the old Eric looked like he'd been punched in the stomach. Well, what she was about to get was she, she was about to get a little shady grady. <laughs> Coming out like I was about to go back to the BC days. I was about it was it was rough, but instead I just sat there lifeless because you the are. wind had been knocked out of me. While Jamie's like doing his little, hey, he's the youth pastor, you know, and she goes, that explains a lot. That makes sense. And I'm like this. She is ruthless. My back is still sore from carrying that meeting for you. You had to because I was not going to talk. I had made up my mind. I was not. You, you didn't say a word. I wasn't going to say like fifteen minutes. I wasn't. I was just going to let her do her thing, and I could tell she felt bad. Yeah. Later in on into the meeting, like, obviously something happened before the phone call. Someone. Yeah, she was having a bad. She day. was having a bad day, dude, because she came out like not even swinging, dude, like full on machine gun. But essentially, she's in sales, right? Her job she must not be very good at it. Is to make a sale, essentially, and it's so funny. I mean, like we're we're at least I was going to say I'm mature. I can look past this. But um, I can't. it wasn't targeted at me, though. Yeah. Right. So but but I was just thinking because I used to be like I used to work in the corporate world before sure. I was in ministry. And like like you don't you don't insult the person that you might eventually do business Get with, money from. Right. And and it wasn't like a it wasn't like a I have to correct a situation. It was like a. It was like an emotional flare up. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, it was, for sure. It was. She was not was, in for a good some place. reason. She thought that I was trying to pitch our show to her. 
like it was some sort of talent search. I wasn't because again, the relationship is I pay you money to promote my stuff. Not if you like it well enough, you'll get it done. It doesn't matter. Just matters in my check caches. Right. So I just wanted to tell the listeners that I had to work through some uh, sanctification the past few weeks. I was so butthurt, dude. I went home to my wife and was like, so I'm hurting my feelings today. <laughs> well, your feelings hurted it? No, my feelings were hurting oh, it. Oh, baby. So, but anyways, bump that publication. They are not getting our money. Um, they can just keep pushing all their blood moons. <laughs> all right. Pester the pastor. Okay. Jamie, I want to pester you, but pester me, dude. I want to pester you in a way that's going to help some people out because okay. since the release of this podcast, we we get a lot of feedback. Yeah. And and of course, listeners, we appreciate your feedback. We love it. If you know us, text us. If you don't, email us at notthesermon at gmail.com with criticism, with praise. If you do criticize us though, we only ask that it be in the form of a poem or song. Yeah. So, um, so we could yeah, we want to read we actually want to do a segment where we read off our hate mail. So we're presenting that to you now. Um, you know, if you have a problem with us or criticism, even if you like us, write us a poem or a song, send it to not the sermon at gmail.com. We desperately want hate mail. We Please. want hate mail so bad. Hate but us. because of this, we're getting a lot of feedback and I'm getting feedback from people that are, you know, obviously really close to me as well. And, uh, one of the things that I wanted to ask you that I think would be beneficial for, for our listeners is this question. So how do you, Jamie, protect what you believe to be truth? right? Or protect mm-hmm. truth while preserving a relationship, right? Mm, that's good. So you say something that you know is true. Someone comes against that. Well-meaning, by the way, well-meaning. Um, how do you both stand firm in your position and also preserve that relationship? Because that seems to be the biggest issue with a lot of the dialogue within the church. Like you have yeah. people that spew, like they, they try to protect truth at the expense of relationship, right? or they compromise truth to try to preserve relationships. Right, so how do you right. do both, Jamie? I should go very carefully, right? Yeah. I mean, that, it, it, that's hard. And that is a great question, Eric, because that's what we are all dealing with right now, whether it's politics, whether it's theology. Like, we are so divided as a culture, and we've lost the ability um, to talk civilly. I mean, people are literally throwing away friendships over who someone voted for. Um, I, I heard a story, um, and I know you're not talking about politics, but it's politics, it's religion, it's everything. Yeah. Um, I, I heard a story about during one of the last presidential elections, a, a wife threatening her husband, if you vote for this person, I'll leave you. That's that is wild. I, that's Jeez. true. <laughs> that, that's 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 from the source. I mean, you, that might have not been their only. My issue. wife, my wife right. didn't know who I voted for this last election for at least six months because I would convincingly tell her. Either Something else? Biden, Trump, or the libertarian candidate. <laughs> Every time, just convincingly. You would just change it? Oh, yeah. It was so funny. So so culturally, we are losing the ability to have civil conversation, civil discourse. Um, and it's because of this, right? We are choosing truth or our perceived truth. I'm, I'm not saying there's not absolute truth. There, there 100% is. But we're, we, are, we are confusing our opinion with truth. And then we are saying, hey, if you don't agree with me, you're out of my life. Yeah. And that is not biblical. No. And it's not only not biblical, it's not civil. Yeah. It's not smart. It's not what intelligent people do. Yeah. yeah. We, we used to have people, um, Henry Clay was known as the great compromiser. Mm-hmm. And he would be able to like, 
take two sides who were in opposition to one another, especially in the political realm, and help them come to an agreement, not where I was 100% happy and they were 100% yeah. not happy, but where we were both happy enough to move on. Yeah. And so so we have to recognize, and social media is a big part of this, we have to recognize that we are all being tempted to value our opinion and the truth over people, and Jesus never did that. Yeah. He always found a way to value the person while also not watering down the truth. I was about to say, Jesus never, never compromised truth, but he also, you know, helped people, you know, like when it comes to the issue of sin, I posted something on Facebook recently, you know, about how Jesus didn't, you know, redefine sin. He called us to walk in humility in our own sin and for us all to walk towards holiness together. That's right. Right. So that's, that's mean. And the focus is, is not on everybody else's sin. The focus is on my own. And uh, I think what people have done is they have gotten addicted to, you know, fixating on other people's problems. We've yeah. talked about this, other people's sins. Yeah. Um, but in all of that, we can't have a, a nice, healthy dialogue about something without, you know, trying to tear each other apart, like trying to right. attack a character. And the thing is, is all of those sides are necessary. Even the, the people that I disagree with most, they are, they are there to hold me accountable. Yes. So I yes. don't go too far to one side. So. We need each other. You can't surround yourself in an echo chamber. That's right. right. Your, your critics can be your unpaid consultants. Yeah. If you'll listen to them, it doesn't mean you believe everything they say. But but like when someone you know has an alternate opinion about something I believe, something I've said, some way that I'm leading, something like that, I, I listen to them. Yeah. Now, I may not like you know adopt their belief system or agree with them, but but I mean I think it takes humility to listen to someone and be willing to say hey you know let me at least hear them out. Yeah. So so to answer your question, how do you preserve relationship? I think you have to go back to who am I to this person? Mm. Right? So so for instance, let's wow. say Wow. <laughs> wow. I don't know that that was a wow reaction I just statement. wanted to do it. Uh who am I to this person? <laughs> so for instance, the closer you are in relationship to someone, whether it's a spouse or a parent-child relationship, or a pastor, you know, congregation relationship. When there's when there's a relationship that matters, you always preserve that relationship first. Yeah, parents don't ever sacrifice um, your parenthood on the altar of being right. Mm. Like you have to always retain and maintain that parent relationship with your child. They're going to have pastors, teachers. They're going to have friends. Their whole life, they're only going to have you as their parent. And, and you can't, no one else can replace mom. No one else can replace yeah. dad. No one else can replace spouse. No one else can replace nephew or, or uncle or any of these. So r- think about what am I to this person and value that above all else. Yes, yeah, so true. Uh, that, and I think that's really, really important. And then we look at Jesus. I, I always go back to the, um, to the story of the woman caught in adultery, right? Mm. John chapter 8, she's thrown at his feet. The Pharisees, rightly so, yeah. say she should be stoned. That was 100% true. And the dude she was with is just like quietly putting his pants back on and running. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, no one cares about him. They, they give him a pass. Cool. But I couldn't imagine preaching a sermon and someone throws someone at your feet and like, what do you do with her? Yeah. We just found her. Dude, how wild would that be? You're preaching on a Sunday morning and someone's just like, hey, hey, we found this person. In you know, the act. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, eh. <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> so, so, but she's thrown at Jesus' feet, 
And and instead of coming against her, which the truth was, she was according to she the law. Wrong. She was not only wrong; she was deserving of death. Yeah, I mean, the, the death penalty at that point had been prescribed for what she did. But Jesus didn't uh, enforce that. Instead, he said, "Okay, you're right, but whoever is without sin, throw the first stone." Yeah. And then it says, one by one, they walked away from the oldest. Yeah. To the youngest, because the older you are, I think the more you realize I've done some stuff. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and so, and so then Jesus, and so the way I like to des- describe it is Jesus defended her. Uh, he, cause he, he, he got the Pharisees off her back. He accepted her. He says, neither do I condemn you. Mm-hmm. Then he discipled her. He said, go and sin no more. He never said their sin was okay. Yeah. Uh, but he prioritized discipleship under relationship. Yeah. He said, my discipleship is a function of relationship first. And those things to defend, accept, mm-hmm. um, uh, well, uh, disciple, defend, yeah. accept, disciple and Kiwi spell, group. spell yeah. dad, D A D. So let's do it. Dad's way. Daddy God. Let's do it his way. Let's, <laughs> yeah. let's do it the father's way where, where we preserve relationship. We don't water down truth, yeah. But we preserve relationships, and, and I think that's what people are missing. I, I think it's what you said about relationships is so true because a, a lot of times you're trying to speak truth into a situation where you don't have the, that relational currency, anyways. Yeah, right, right. Like right. maybe it's you know I don't correct. I don't just walk around correcting people. I don't have a relationship. Oh, but with. there are plenty of people who do. Yeah, and so that's what's nuts to me. Like if someone came up to you that you didn't know and tried to correct you on something, you'd be like, "Who's this guy? Who, right. who are right. you?" So that's like number one. But I think you're well. Let me. This is like a a saying, a phrase for a reason. But people don't care what you know till they know that you care. Oh wow! It's true. It's really true. Like like unless you have earned a relational relational currency in in, with someone, they don't care what you have to say. Yeah, you're really just preaching to yourself, not to them. And Mm. even then, how important is this issue? Yeah. Like, let's also prioritize the issue too. Is this issue even worth addressing? Because we yeah. talked about this from a leadership standpoint, you know, it, it's not, and this is counterintuitive to a lot of leadership books you probably read, but a lot of times when you're having an issue, sometimes it's best to like, let them sort it out. Yeah. You know, like you don't have to, you know, oh, they messed up. Let me take them aside and say, look, you know, and be right. clear. Now there are some times where you do need like instant correction sure. and communication, but a lot of times, especially leading a team and stuff like that, you're like, this person's doing something wonky. They'll figure yeah. it out here in a couple of weeks yeah. that they're doing something wonky. If it's <laughs> you know? not if it's not an emergency and it's not this not like a threat to people. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's gonna be best. And psychologists know this. This is why, like if you go to a therapist, mm-hmm. they're gonna ask you a bunch of questions because their goal is to get you to arrive at your own conclusion, yeah. not tell you what to do. Yeah. Um right. and so it yeah, I mean it's it's important that we um that we let people Make mistakes as long as it's not like a like a damaging mistake. Yeah. It's it's really, really important. Yeah. Uh, well, brother, brother Jamie, what I like to do when uh, there's someone that disagree, and I'm K, I'm KJV only now. Oh, I and bet when you someone, are. when a a heretic comes up to me and they say they start spouting that NLT or that that satanic NIV, the first thing I do to correct them now, I want y'all to listen to this. I pop them in the mouth with the Bible, with the Bible, with the KJV Bible, Thompson Chain reference. I Thompson. pop them in the mouth, and then I got their attention. So you're telling me I can't do that? Uh, well, only if you also use that little. Uh, bookmark uh stringy thing to choke them out i was gonna say to tickle their nose afterwards <laughs> just a way of saying i love you still brother i love you still <laughs> and moving
moving on to our next segment. Are we starting the segment off with a laugh? Let's do it. <laughs> we need to we need to do a canned laughter so we could just add that to the end of our clips. People think we're more funny. Um, do a little shady oh, theology, shady and I realize, theology. listeners, that when sometimes when I say shady theology. Don't say it too fast. The, uh, the A turns into an I, mm-hmm. and which is also true of the theology. <laughs> <laughs> it's with a D. It's not technically a cuss word if it's with a D, right? Yeah. Yeah. Let's just it not. Uh, go All right. Shady theology. Ditched. You oh, didn't I, sing. You didn't sing. Right, I, don't have, I don't have my headphones. I can't hear it. It's fine. Whatever. So. Oh. All right. It's so. Well. Okay. Okay. Let's do this. Let's do shady theology. We're going to sing it. Okay. Let's sing it as terribly as we possibly can. Okay. All right, so let's just like not even try. Like, let's try to make it awful. We're losing listeners, Jamie. No, let's do it. Good, good. Shady theology. Wow, Phoenix, that was. (laughs) We're gonna have to cut that. Okay, Uh, moving on. So, Jamie, you had a very particular, very particular, uh, shady, shady theology you wanted to talk about, Jamie. Yes. Can I just trust my gut? That's that's the shady theology topic for today. Is um, can I just follow my heart? Follow Jamie. your heart, Jamie. The other day, I was in uh, Target, <laughs> and I saw this creme brulee pair of sneakers. Okay, and then my heart <laughs> fluttered, Jamie. It <laughs> fluttered within me, and I followed my heart and i bought those creme brulee you know i was sneakers. praying for you sister right then oh, Lord. i was praying but i heard the word i was i was speaking in tongues no and then i and no. then i prayed for the interpretation don't you say it and it just don't came say out tj Maxx. wow man and so i think you went to the wrong store <laughs> i followed my heart and it let me down again because it is deceitfully wicked above all things above all things yes <laughs> that was creepy <laughs> so tell us let's talk about the heart jamie <laughs> so so there is this pervasive idea in our culture to just follow your heart. Like yeah. If you don't know what to do, if you're trying to make a decision, especially around like romantic relationships or or taking a job or movements, just follow your well, heart. Jamie, the heart Hashtag wants Disney. what it wants. <laughs> the heart wants what it wants. It wants blood. <laughs> this muggy November weather has given me the horribles. <laughs> That's so well. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't even know where that came from. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh no. We're losing it. I'm crying. It was good, but I'm also embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about the heart, Jamie. I can't see. I'm tell crying. About, tell us about the heart. Oh, it has deceived me many times. Yet I still I, I, trust you it. Can't, you can't keep doing that if I'm going to talk. All right. <laughs> shady. I'm here for some shady theology, Jamie, for my heart is deceitfully wicked. And I, I know not what to do, Jamie. I need thine guidance. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Woo! Oh man! Well, okay. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> Why are we doing so many accents this episode? I'm just, I feel like this is like the fifth or sixth accent we've done. I'm just feeling it. I'm feeling <laughs> it's like it, James. Gone with the wind in here. <laughs> 
Oh my god. Alright, so anyways, <laughs> we're leaving that in. I'll stand by it. Uh so what it what like what do people mean when they say that? Well, I mean they they mean go with your gut. Yeah. Right? So the church has appropriately pushed back against the idea to follow your heart, follow your gut, because there's a famous scripture in Jeremiah. It says the heart is deceitfully wicked above all else. Who can know it? Right. Yeah. And and so Calvinists love that one for total oh, depravity. Exactly. And so it's and it, but partial, it's, it's partially true. true. No, yeah. well, it is true. The heart is deceitfully wicked. But this is where we get out of balance, okay? So the church has not appropriately updated yeah. that theology to the new covenant. To the new covenant, yeah. Because the really old good. covenant, Jeremiah is correct. He's saying the heart is deceitfully wicked, and it's still true. If someone without Christ, is without Christ, their heart is deceitfully <laughs> wicked, right? But um, <laughs> Eric started laughing again. Don't do it. Dude. I'm not. I can't. Um, but... <clears throat> But when we, Ezekiel prophesies about it, and then Hebrews chapter 8 talks about it, quoting Ezekiel, that when we come into the new covenant, he gives us a new heart. And so if you are a Christian, you can can say, follow your heart, if you are a a Bible-believing, Spirit-filled Christian, purposely trying to follow the Lord. Maturity. Maturity. You need maturity. You can follow your heart. If you're unsaved, your heart is still deceitfully wicked. Yeah. You mean the Lord changes our hearts? You know, ultimately what it is when we say, you know, I'm following my heart, it's, it's as a Christian, what you were saying is I'm following the discernment of the Holy Spirit. What is discernment? Is this a good or bad idea? Right. Should I do this or should I not do this? Right. And as a mature Christian, you have because you talked about this recently in a sermon, and you you did a you prefaced it with like, "Hey, if you're an immature Christian, play on your phone right now," which I thought right, was genius right. move, genius move, <laughs> kind of shaming them a little bit. Maybe. Um, but if you're mature, I'm going to tell you this, you know, and you, and you came from you know Paul's missionary journey where Paul said it seemed right by us yeah. and the Holy Spirit to right. go this certain way. Right. And so if you are a mature believer in Jesus that is seeking after the will of God. You can literally do what seems right to you, right? Because you have the mind of Christ. Yeah, I mean, I mean uh, the the the, um, the scripture also says, "Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires, desires of, of your heart." Of your heart, yeah. Because as you delight yourself in the Lord, the desires of your heart become they align aligned with His heart exactly. And so, so I, it's true. So, so here's and this is like the messy middle, right? This yeah. is the nuance that we have to find in scripture sometimes. Is it true that the heart is deceitfully wicked above all else? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Is it also true, though, once you're saved and in relationship with the Lord, that you have a new heart and you now, he's going to speak to your heart and now you can follow it? Yes, that's true. These two things are true at the same time. Yeah. And what I see, though, is people picking one. Yeah. 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 Just, you know, going with your gut. And and, and there's a process that goes along with it. And you grow in that. People ask me all the time, like, how do I hear from God? It's not this super magic thing. And I think... You know, when Paul used that language, you know, doing what seems right, that's a great metaphor yeah. for what it's like to hear from God. Right. Like, God didn't give me this, like, map projection download of my next move. I just had a seeming right. that felt right. Right. You know? Right. And, and you make mistakes, too. And yeah. God allows for that. That's what people are so That's afraid. how you grow. That's, people are so afraid to miss it. Now, like, if you're talking about, like, making a huge move across the nation or something, like, and, and you're, you're not able to really rely on your, your seeming, right. you know, you're your hearing from God, that's why you have wise counsel, and you surround yourself with pastors and elders and people that can help you discern. You know, if I take a test and I make 100, I get every question right, I no longer think I need to know anything. Yeah. But if I take a test <laughs> and I don't get everything right, 
I now know, hey, there's some stuff I don't know still. Yeah. And so I think that's why the Lord allows us to mm-hmm. not always hear him perfectly and to work through the consequences of that because to keep us humble and to say, hey, yeah. you still have to be attached to me. Exactly. You still have to be dependent on me. Exactly. Uh, you can't just go off and do your own thing. At the same time, neither should be wringing, we be wringing our hands like, oh my gosh, my heart is deceitfully wicked. Yeah. I can't trust it. It's like, no, you have the Holy Spirit in you. Exactly. Yeah, no, that's so good. That's so good. We have a special holiday segment for you guys today. Um, it's going to be uh, what December second. This episode or fourth. It's, 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 it's early, early December. Happy for, December. Yeah, and for those people that are wondering, like, I mean, when do we record these episodes? We actually recorded this one. This is only like two weeks out. We're yeah. getting better at that. It's a mess. Um, yeah. No, well, it's it's. But we're, we're getting, getting there. Yeah, we're we're, getting we're there. tightening up. We're tightening up. Um, so we have a special holiday segment for you guys, and this is uh, Eric and Jamie's holiday tips. Yes, holiday tips. We are in the heat of, like, as we record right now, it's about just about to be Black Friday, yeah. which is the kickoff of the holiday season. The kickoff of crazy. Yeah, the kickoff of crazy. And people lose themselves yeah. during this season. Yeah. It is a huge area of woundedness for, for families, a, a big place of dysfunction for people. And so we wanted to give you guys a couple tips that would help you have a more Christ-like uh, Christmas holiday. Yeah. <laughs> How about that? Yeah. Well, tip number one, here's my first holiday tip. Stay at home. Yeah, stay at home. Don't, <laughs> le- don't leave the Don't leave the house. Yeah. Number th- seriously. It's like the purge out like, there. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, for real, like, I'm, I'm joking, but, but traffic, something happens the day after Thanksgiving, Black Friday. It, it's, it's noticeable. It's People measurable. People entitled. They they just mm. lose their minds. I th- I think they feel uh, rushed. I think they feel pressure. I think they're just trying to get everything done. And and traffic really does get get a whole other level of crazy yeah. in the month of December. And so I like I get I, I that's one of the areas where I tend to get most frustrated and lose my peace is in traffic. Yeah. And so when I get in my car, um, I'm just like, okay, Holy Spirit, help me. Not throat punch someone. Jamie's today. like, you gotta see him. He's like flipping people off with his toes. That's how serious he gets. He goes cruise control. I practice that. Double middles with both toes. Yep. Yeah. Um, no, that's a good tip. Yeah, people. Uh, t- <laughs> Jamie's like, what? What? Um, <laughs> tip number two: buy the little cinnamon brooms at Publix. Mm. They will really spruce up your home. Give you a nice cinnamon holiday spell. Um, no, seriously though, uh, a big thing that we you know, have started implementing and it's working pretty well in our family is we talk to our close friends and family, people that we are probably going to spend time with. And we do a no gift thing, like Mm -hmm. no gift rule. Right. And and it's just not bad if you want to get your friends a little something, but the thing you want to avoid is the pressure to have to buy every single person that's because you're like, Oh, they're giving me a gift. I'm going to buy them a gift. And if you've got a lot of friends and family, you're like, you end up dropping a grand on just gift for other people that you may not have. Don't go into debt over Christmas, yes. y'all. Please, yes. do not swipe a credit card unless you intend on paying it all off. Look, look. Think about when you were a child. You might have one or two things that you absolutely love and remember, yes. but what you remember about Christmas is not the actual gift or present. It's the feeling you had being around family. Yeah. Uh, the, the 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 it's it's a it's a sense of belonging. It's a sense of uh, just that the magic of the holidays. So don't stress over gifts like they want you. Yes. That's what your family wants is you. Yes. Um, and so, you know, 
finding the perfect gift. I mean, go for it. A lot of people, their love language is sure, giving is gift giving, yeah. And and go for it. I mean, that's that's great. Tiffany is a much better gift giver than I am. Yeah. Um, and so so she does the majority of shopping just because she's good at it. Yeah. Um, but but ultimately, y'all, what your family wants this holiday season is you plugged in, present. All I want for Christmas is, is you. Um, but seriously, guys, like, like set a rule. Talk to the people closest to you. If this stresses you out, saying talk to them and say, hey, this is what we're doing this year. We're not going to do gifts for everyone. Yeah, I'd really appreciate if you would help me follow that rule. Like maybe we're not going to do gifts with each other. Let's just spend time together. Yeah. Exactly. Like yeah. we're going to come over and hang out um, to kind of relieve you of that burden. We do that with our family. And it's so much better because yeah. we've got my family, my wife's family, our friends, our other friends, and you're bringing gifts to all these places and you don't know what to get and it's expensive. You know, guys. You know, you know what we will buy each other though? What? Is some gag gifts. Oh, gag gifts. Yeah. Some silly, some silly ornaments and yeah. things like that, just to goof around. Yeah. Because that's that's like building relational equity, right? That's yeah. like having fun, knowing someone enough to say you're going to think this is funny. Yeah. But yeah, it's like relational actual, based. Exactly. But not gift based. But actual gifts. I mean, whatever. Yeah. So tip number three, you got one? Oh no, I don't. Oh, I'm, I'm out. <laughs> All right. Tip number three: healthy family boundaries. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. This is also, especially if you're younger, like I feel like you have to pay your dues for a couple decades to get people to actually come to your house for Thanksgiving. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And so if you're a younger couple like myself, or maybe you still have to do a lot of traveling, there is nothing wrong with setting some boundaries with your family. Mm -hmm. You know, me and Sierra did this, you know, really up front in the beginning of our marriage, like, you know, whose family gets the prime time slot for each holiday. And so we, you know, my family gets Thanksgiving, they get the prime time slot. Then we, you know, we'll do something with her family later on. Um, and then for Christmas, we do something with my wife's family, primetime slot. Um, and that has helped us out a lot because there's no expectation for us to spend the entire holiday week driving from coast to coast. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and then also like, man, you know, Christmas time shouldn't be the only time that you're spending time with your family either. Yeah. Like, you know, if you make a trip to grandma's house in the summer, even though she lives three hours away, that probably means a whole lot more than just doing it because you have to on yeah, Christmas. But yeah. but don't be afraid to tell people no within reason. Like, preserve relationships. If you haven't seen, you know, this particular person in, since last Christmas, well, you whiffed. You should probably see him this year. Right. Um, but don't break your back spending your whole Christmas day house bouncing. Yeah. If you have a – look, if you're, if you're a family, you got a family unit, you know, mom, dad, kids, whatever – Make a priority to spend that prime time slot with just them in your house. Yeah, that's you good. You know, just the kids. That reminds me, Eric. Thank you so much for your invitation for us to come over on Christmas. Um, I really appreciate it. Yeah, but thank you. I'm gonna yeah. have to say no. I, I, you know, that's why I did that. Yeah, I, that's, I put the little check yes or no that yeah. thing on the back. And the of reason it. why, it, seriously, it, it, I, we just don't want the smell. To. We just don't oh. want to. <laughs> I, we just have no desire yeah, to be with yeah. you. And that's great because. You know, I don't have any desire to see you on Christmas Day. Well, then why'd you invite me? Um, really, just because my wife told me to. She said oh, it'd be good. You yeah, know? And yeah, she's yeah, a sweet. Honestly, we feel bad for you, Jamie. Yeah, no, I understand. And we don't think that you get a lot of invitations, and so we yeah. thought we'd send you one. Yeah, so, you didn't see the not really down on the bottom of the card. So, th- so that's a that's a <sighs> hard no. Yeah, it's a yeah, hard this no. Is Eric, so awkward. Um, I'm so sorry. Thanks, thanks for the invite. Um, yeah, listeners, we, I'm sorry you had to witness. This, yeah. this is so awkward. I just I didn't know how to how to say that to you, and so this yeah. really provided opportunity. Yeah, you could have just not showed up, and we wouldn't have noticed. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and it would have been like, thank God. Yeah, thank God. Yeah, yeah we yeah. wouldn't have had to have you know cooked as much food. Well. 
Thank you, guys. Thank you, our sermonots, for listening to this episode. Yep, if, yep. If you enjoyed this, call to action. Hey, go rate and review us. Uh, give us a share. Send us to your friends and family. We love you guys. Merry Christmas. Signing out. We'll see you later. Thanks for listening. This podcast is a production of Victory Fellowship Church in Thomasville, Georgia. Eric and Jamie can be reached at emailing notthesermon at gmail.com. Gracious and compassionate